0: It's time for the Accra's Fan Advantage on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We've got a special guest, Greg Bedard, who's a specialist on all things Boston sports, is here to talk Steelers Patriots with us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I'm your host Chris Carter. As always, you can follow, find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily episodes that come out from all of our different sports writers at the Post Gazette as well as our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast. But as always, this is the Acquacher Fan Advantage where we talk to an opponent expert of the team the Steelers are about to play this week. It's Greg Bedard. I've met him on multiple occasions. He he's the founder the chief the operator the president of the everything of the boston sports journal he's been covering boston sports for so long greg welcome to the show how you been my man
1: uh thanks for having me chris i i, I wish i could say that i've been good <laughs> but in the middle of this uh two and ten season and really the last two seasons of this football team it's been um rough and i just want i just want to preface this and warn the viewers that um I just finished the Patriots offensive film um, from against the uh, the Chargers. And so um, when I watch bad football, I tend to be on the grumpy side. So if if I don't sound, um, you know, very excited or enthralled, it has nothing to do with Chris. It has to do with uh, bad football puts me in a bad mood. And
0: I've been watching a lot of bad football this year. Hey, listen. The Steelers just lost to another 2-10 team, so there's a lot of misery to go around right now when it comes to football talk here. A reminder, this is being, being brought to you by Acrisure, who brings you the Acrisure Fan Advantage. We're all season long. We talk to our Steelers insider, Brian Backo, where we get your questions. Submit those questions to acrisurecom slash Fan Advantage. Greg, let's get into a few things here. Before we get into how putrid the offense is, I want to hear from you. Is the Patriots defense for real? Because they have, sure, they lost the last three games, but in each of those three games, they held their opponent to ten or less points. That's some insane stuff there, and that to me is like if the like the Steelers, if the Patriots had any semblance of offense, that could be a good team over there. Am am I reading too much into the recent games, or is that a really good defense? Um, a little. I think
1: you're reading a little bit too much into it, um, Christopher. I think that, um, you know, look, have they? Have they played well at times? Yeah, but this is this is the the defense, and this has been going on for multiple years. I mean, this goes back to the the boogeymen of twenty nineteen, who turned out to be frauds. Um, mm. You know they they do a good job in the games that they should, and that includes you know they gave up ten points to Indy in Germany. Indy, not exactly uh, a great offense, even though, you know, they do put up points against some people that, of course, that was in Germany. We don't know how the jet lag factors in for both teams. Um, The Giants, that's a horrible offense. I mean, you know, they have some playmakers. The Giants left a lot of plays on the field in that game with drops, um, untimely penalties where, quite frankly, I thought they got jobbed on a couple of holding calls, um, the giants did in that game. And then this past game against the chargers. Now I haven't watched the defensive film yet, but my, my impression from the press box was that, uh, there were a lot of drops in the game for the chargers. Uh, it was played in a, uh, a lot of rain, some wind in the game. So not exactly uh, a clean surface. I mean, you know, but you look at other games, the results are fine. Um, you know the Commanders. They lost twenty to seventeen. It could have been a lot worse in that game. Um, I thought that the, the the Commanders pretty much had their way with the Patriots in that game. The Dolphins put up thirty one. They did beat the Bills, but um, you know allowed twenty five. Um, you know they got completely run over by the Cowboys and the Saints. So you know, uh, you know it's a typical Bill Belichick defense in terms of. You know, when they play disciplined and um, the other team maybe isn't on their P's and Q's, then they're going to look really good. Um, you know, they are playing well, despite missing probably two of their best players in terms of Christian Gonzalez, um, who was off to a really good start as the first round cornerback to the season. Matthew Judon may be coming back at some point. I don't know what the point is in that, but, you know, he's their best player. They've gotten some guys to step up, but, mm. you know, it's. If if I were, you know, I don't know the state of the Steelers right now, and I only know their 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 offensive offense on reputation um, <laughs> a little bit from what I've seen. I mean, if you're a if you're a decent offense, I don't think the Patriots scare you that much. But if you're challenged and you have some weak spots, um, yeah, sure, the Patriots are going to present some 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 issues. But they don't turn the ball over very much. They did that mm-hmm. a lot the year before. Um, To me, that's an indication of they're not very fast. I don't think they're very fast on defense. And so I don't think there's something to be feared on that side, but they're going to make
0: you earn it. That's for sure. I hear you on that. And I want to ask you this next question, and this is uh, kind of relating it to an angle that I think some people are starting to argue in Pittsburgh, you know, with Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game of football, has all the resume that, that that you could want for a head coach, but obviously things aren't working this year. What is the the tenor right now in New England with the legendary head coach here? Because in Pittsburgh, there are some people who are starting to say maybe Mike Tomlin has worn out his welcome, uh, despite them being seven and five, and they're a completely different spot than the Patriots right right now. But people are wondering if the Steelers aren't going to be able to climb out of you know being hovering around a nine win, just slightly above five hundred ball. Uh, for the Patriots, is there a sense that the time that a, t- a time could come where Bill Belichick either retires or goes somewhere else coming very soon? I would say, Christopher,
1: that, um, you know, and I don't know how much you guys hear this in Pittsburgh, but I would say a majority, if not a vast majority of the Patriots are done with the Bill Belichick era, that they mm. are, um, eager to move on. It seems like from all indications, and no one's, you know, really talking, it's sort of tea leave reading talking to some people behind the scenes. I would say even inside the building, the the feeling is that uh, this will come to an end very quickly after the season. I mean, you know, hopefully they come to a uh, a nice resolution where perhaps Bill Belichick is traded to another team, you know, very quickly. Uh, the feeling is that it's going to be Gerard Mayo uh, as head coach, Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, those two guys get to to revamp the coaching staff, which I think is is um, is it's in badly need of a revamping, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, the personnel office at least needs to be changed, or at least you know maybe maybe they I I would if they go to Mayo, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to more of a uh, Steelers type system where. You know, the GM is in charge of the roster where we all know that Bill was in charge of everything. And I think that has led to the downturn. But this is, you know, as opposed to Pittsburgh and I got to be honest with you, I was a guy years ago where I was not the biggest fan of Mike Tomlin that Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of his coaching, because I didn't think that his I thought that his teams were talented. I didn't think that he I didn't think that he won many games that he shouldn't. Um, I didn't think that they pulled many upsets. Um, I will say that he has grown on me in recent years, but I do think that there is a uh, there is a comparison to be made between what's going on in New England, what's going on in Pittsburgh, and and I just think I don't know how you feel about this, but I just think in in the way the modern game is in the NFL, I think it's extremely tough for a defensive head coach to last to have lasting mm. power because what happens is, and you know, look at Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, same sort of thing where, you know, you come in and you might install, and you'll probably see this with D'Amico Ryan's going, you can come in and install a culture and, 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 and affect change. But as soon as your offensive coordinator is worth a damn, he's going to get a head coaching shot somewhere Very because true. everybody wants somebody who, and, and, you know, look at what Slowick's doing with CJ Stroud this year. He's going to be a finalist for a lot of jobs. If not, mm-hmm. if he doesn't take one and all of a sudden you're basically at ground zero now. All right. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to promote from within? Are you going to bring in somebody else that is now going to bring in a new playbook and, and uh you know, called a, a different play caller. That's no way to bring up um, a young quarterback in this league. And and that's what Belichick has run into when he, you know, he was lucky enough. It was Charlie Weiss. Then he had Josh McDaniels ready. And when Josh McDaniels um, left, then, Bill O'Brien was ready to take over, and luckily for Belichick, when O'Brien went to Penn State, Josh McDaniels was available, could come back, but Bill made no preparations for when Josh McDaniels got the Raiders job, and then you've seen what they've done. They went Mac Jones's first three years in the league. Josh McDaniels was his offensive coordinator and play caller. Matt Patricia from defense was his offensive play caller, offensive coordinator, and offensive line coach, and then this year he comes in with Bill O'Brien. So three different systems, three different play callers. It's no way to run a team. And so I think you're seeing some at least from afar from from what I know of what's going on with the Steelers and Matt Canada and all that stuff. Uh you know, you these you know, when we've seen it with Harbaugh over the years in Baltimore, um how many times he's gone through offensive coordinators. And so I, I just think that it's it's a challenge. I think that's one of been, one of it's been one of Bills' big struggles um finding out the uh, figuring out the offensive side of the ball because especially because the game's changed and and every owner wants an offensive coordinator or a new head coach that can they can link up with a young quarterback and they can grow together
0: I want to continue on this point in just a minute here because I think that's actually a much more fun discussion of who's going to score more points in the single digits on, on, on Thursday Oops. night. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit here. But first, I want to remind you all this show being brought to you by Acresher. It's the Acresher Fan Advantage all season long. Every Friday episode, Brian Batko, one of our Steelers insiders, gives you the in-depth dis- dis- discussion with me. And you can ask him questions through Acresher.com fanadvantage Go there, drop the questions in, and then we will answer your shows. We will do a Friday morning morning show normally we record on thursday but we do a friday morning show since it's a thursday night football game so do do be sure to to check out that episode where we give our post game thoughts also on the steelers patriots game but as always we get an, an opponent expert every single week on the day before the game, and today this week it's Greg Bedard. So check out the Acershire Fan Advantage all season long. We're also brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. We're over 20 televisions they have that you can that you can reserve for the specific game that you want, whether it's as obscure as Duquesne basketball, or you want to catch Premier League action, or just college football bowl, bowl season coming up. Anything you can get, you can reserve a TV for, and they were 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers being local, 80 of those local beers being available on tap. Don't try to drink them all Thursday night if you're busy watching that terrible Steelers-Patriots game with a little bit of offense. But Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh, get there, and when you get there, tell them Chris sent you. Chris Carter here from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, North Shore Drive podcast, and the Akers for Fan Advantage. We continue this episode talking with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Greg, let's. I want to keep up with this coach discussion here because I think that's a big discussion, uh, both for both for New England and for Pittsburgh right now. Like you said, mm-hmm. both of these coaches, you know, they've been. I mean. Bill Belichick's defensive genius goes back to his days working with the Giants when he was coming up with different looks to confuse the Jim Kelly Bills in the Super Bowl. Like that guy has forgotten more about defense than most people will ever learn, and that's where you have respect for. It. But I, I hear you on the front that it's like you know what in today's day and age, maybe there is a new system that needs being, being put in place. Mike Tomlin, his defense has still top ten this year. They're fo- they're finding ways mm-hmm. to win despite injuries left and right, and they've kept it together. But there has not been a consistent presence of offense since Todd Haley left the Pittsburgh Steelers and that has certainly had an impact. Even when Ben roethlisberger was 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 still was still in town, uh in 2020 there was a little bit of that for just a short while and then it kind of went away. 2021, you had the old version of Ben and then none of the quarterbacks that have come in since him granted just one and a half years, but none of those quarterbacks have even had a big game yet. And that's where people have questions is the mark of what the NFL needs to be coaching-wise, does it need to be offensive-based? Do you do you think that that is the overall thing? Or does, it, does a defensive coach, if they're going to be a defensive coach at head coach, do they just need to make sure that they are getting the offensive coach to come with them wherever they go?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Christopher, I, I mean, if you're asking me, like, what I would do if I was running a team in the, in the present day – I would go with the offensive head coach. You know, it might not be the best thing. I mean, there's certainly something to be said about the CEO head coach, like, you know, Tomlin and Belichick and Vrabel and Harbaugh and those guys. But, you know, the whole key to the NFL game now, and and even Nick Saban said something about this a few years ago when he, he was asked, this is five or six years ago even, when he was asked about, you know, how he's, how he's adapted on, on defense and, you know, about how his defense was great at Alabama. And he just, he, he said like the days of playing great defense are over. And this was when, you know, the, the, the way the spread had proliferated through college football, it just, you know, changed things where it's like, you're not gonna, you're just not going to hold offenses down. Now, you know, of course the numbers are down in the NFL this year. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a bit of an abnormality. And I think there, there are, different reasons for that. But, you know, if I was starting a franchise, I would find the best offensive head coach, somebody that knows how to coach the quarterback that can get the quarterback to play great. Because if you play a great offense, like you're going to be in it uh, every single year. Um, you know, look at the Patriots this year. I mean, they play pretty good defense. I don't know where they are as far as DVOA right now on defense. I know, I, I want to say they were 12th in the league going into this, this last game. Um, you know, but I, I think, you know, you just look at the Patriots and you know, they're a, they're at least a good defensive team and Mm -hmm. that's good for two wins. I mean, I, I just think that the quarterback is so important and scoring points is so important in today's game opposed to 1994 or even 2004 when the Patriots were in their heyday, you know, 20 years ago. Um, you know, I, I just want to make sure that especially if I have a franchise quarterback, say like, you know, look at Justin Herbert and with the Chargers, with Brandon Staley, who is, quote unquote, a defensive guru and his defense stinks. But, yeah. you know, he's been through dif- different offensive coordinators, he's got Kellen Moore this year. Staley will probably get fired. Now he's going to be have another guy. That's no way to raise these guys. And And like you, they need consistency. And, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you know, Andy Reid. The whole time, Uh, um, you know, you know, so that's the ideal uh, to me. And I just think I think it's too tough for defensive head coaches, because like I said, as soon as their offensive coordinator does anything improves himself, he's going to get a head coaching job. It's now now what do you do now? Not to belabor this point, but no, yeah, you know, I covered Nick Saban um, his his two years with the Dolphins. And I thought um, one of the most interesting things that I that I heard him say because when he came in, so Mike Malarkey was his offensive coordinator his first year, but Malarkey got the head coaching job at the Bills. And Saban made it a point to say, you know, when I was in Cleveland with Bill, Bill said, we are only going to have a Patriots offensive playbook. We're only going to have a Patriots defensive playbook. Whoever comes in next is going to operate off of that playbook. And it just, I had never heard that before. And I was like, that's really smart. And that, you know, that's what, That's what Saban did when I think it was—I don't know if it was Jason Garrett or uh, I think it was no, excuse me. Lenahan was his first offense coordinator. He got a head job. Then Malarkey came in. So you need to keep the playbook consistent for these guys, and I just I think it's impossible with defensive
0: head coaches to do that anymore in this league. It's it's certainly it's getting it's getting so hard. Uh, And part of it too, I think, what like what you said, you know, winning with a deep with leading with a defense. It takes so much more work because each week you're preparing for what each which offense what each, what each offense brings to the table, and you're not the ones setting the tone as much. And it's kind of like you know if you can get if you can get str- get hot with an offense, great because then that can lead you in a lot of ways. The Steelers they found a way to stay afloat defensively. I mean their their defense of their in the past mm-hmm. two and a half seasons. So we're talking what they played twelve games. That's forty. We're talking forty six games. 23 they've gotten 23 wins in that in those 46 games strictly from holding teams to 20 or less points that's i mean and, and so like they're they're playing 500 ball just there now you look at the other wins they don't get too many other wins when they get up when they get over the that that stretch there um you know i believe that would be 25 so i think they have like two or three wins when you know when, when a team goes above that that mark there but that's that's kind of what they've been trying to, to do defensively while they've been waiting for the offense to mature. And that's where I think that teams have to make a make a tough decision. I think a very interesting comparison uh, is to a team the Patriots play a lot and is the Dolphins. And the Dolphins were a team with Brian Flores, a, a great defensive mind. And he was a guy mm-hmm. that has a great reputation. And I think he's doing really good things as a defensive coordinator with the Vikings yep. right now. But when he was with the Dolphins, the offense wasn't clicking. They moved him out. They got Mike McDaniels and now they're one of the best teams in the league they might they they might be a, a super bowl favorite with the way that they're moving mm-hmm. the ball and it, it, i think it pokes more at the idea that you're suggesting here that maybe it this is just the t- the day and age of the NFL that the days of a defensive led head coach needs to be behind most teams
1: i think i think uh the dolphins are a perfect example and i think they are you know set up su- for success and especially because they did the basically the anti patriots move where You know, they believed in Tua and they said, they basically said, okay, well, what do we need to put around him for him to be successful? And they went out, you know, and got Jalen Waddle and got Tyreek Hill, you know, brought in Mike McDaniel and Mike McDaniel went out and hired the best defensive coordinator in the league, in my opinion, in Vic Fangio and Vic Fangio is not going to get a head coaching job anytime soon. So those two can be together for the next, you know, however long Vic lasts in the league, 10, 15 years. And so, you know, to me, that's the ideal and in, in, in the power structure that can stay together. And you have Chris Greer, you know, really being aggressive in free agency and things like that. They bring in Jalen Ramsey to, to, to help their secondary, um, you know, to me, I think in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, and I've sort of been writing about this because I just wrote about how, you know, the things are so bad with the Patriots right now and they seem to get worse by the week that I think that the that the crafts have to entertain or at least explore, hey, do we do a hard reset of this? Do we wash out the Patriot way completely? Do we bring in, you know, I think I think it behooves them to talk to the best and brightest around the league as far as GMs and say, well, what's, what's your ideal power structure, you know, for an organization? And, um, you know, I think, you know, the 49ers with Shanahan, it's done in a different way, but I think that's the ideal. I mean, if I'm the Patriots, the first thing I do is call up Adam Peters, who's second in command in personnel with the Giants, uh, with the 49ers, who used to be in New England uh, some time ago, and entertain bringing him in. And, you know, you bring the Shanahan system in, um, you know, just like McDaniel put in, in in Miami. And to me, that's sort of the ideal now as
0: far as an NFL power structure for a team. I think it's certainly a a way that I think a lot of teams are trying to emulate right now. And, uh, you know, if something doesn't happen soon, I think it might be the team that all the way that all teams start to go because, as we know, this is a copycat league, and we're seeing more and more successes from teams like the Eagles and the Niners, who yes, the uh, who both are led by by guys who were most recently offensive coordinators that were being celebrated. We'll talk more. We'll talk specifically about this matchup in just a few minutes. If you're waiting to hear, just get to the game talk, guys. Don't worry, we're getting there. Stick with us here in the North Shore Drive Podcast. A reminder: we're also brought to you by Sabina's Kane, and Galucci, the Mesothelian Someone as best as lawyers with over 85 years of experience, give them a call now for a free consultation. That's Savinus Kane and Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co or buying tickets for your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. Game time is an app. You can download right to your phone right now and get and, and find fast and easy ways to get tickets to all your favorite events. If you've ever been running like me, sometimes I'm headed to an event. I was trying to wait until the last minute for a big concert in town. And then I get there and I'm not sure what I should get. I see scalpers on the street. Don't go with the scalpers because you, you can get scammed very easily easily trying to find the right tickets. This is where you go to game time right on your phone. It's an app. Download it. You can see all the tickets available, all the best prices. And you can. And every time you look, you look at a ticket price, it shows you the view right from the seat that you're actually buying. So, you know, you're not getting scammed. And Game Time gives you amazing prices. They're giving you discounts. And this is on anything from concerts to comedy events to football games, basketball games, hockey games, whatever you're in the mood for. Game Time will help you find tickets So wherever you're going. It's not just Pittsburgh. It's anywhere you could go. You could use this app to find tickets for the best prices. And their best price guarantee cannot be beat because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the AcroSure Fan Advantage. Chris Carter here with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Greg, let's actually talk about this game now. We've avoided it as long as we could. Do we have to? (laughs) <laughs> exactly thursday night football i think last thursday night football with the seahawks and the cowboys i said it set a record this year for how many people are going to watch it i think this is going to be the anti-record for how few people have watched this game because they know that offense is not going to be at a premium unless you're just betting the under and just waiting for that to hit uh which absolutely it, it can i think it's a 31.5 under which is like the lowest under in nfl in like like the last five years in the nfl but Let's get into a few things here. We were talking about the defense. Let's talk about the offense real quick. Is there a set plan that you see for the Patriots at quarterback for this game and what the Steelers might need to be afraid of if the Patriots were to get anything going offensively? Uh, yeah, I fully expect Bailey Zappi to start
1: again, especially with a um, uh, a short week. I think that um, Mac Jones at this point, he's he's broken. He's a he's a broken player and he needs to sit at least if not for the rest of the season, at least for an extended period of time. Uh, The offensive line has been horrible and helped get him sped up. And he didn't. Mac Jones got to a point where he didn't trust anything. He didn't trust uh, the receivers run terrible routes. The offensive line doesn't protect. They had no running game for a while. Now, I will say the running game has come on now. They just lost. Romandre Stevenson to a, pr- a pretty serious ankle injury I doubt that he's gonna play they don't really have another running back on the roster so I anticipate Kevin Harris being brought up from the practice squad he was a draft pick last year but got uh, released he wasn't any good um, so I expect him to get in the mix um you know as far as you know zappy he's okay he takes care of the ball um you know makes pretty good decisions for the most part not much of an arm pretty short uh, deflected passes tend to be a problem um, for him as far as their receivers. I mean, I, I I assume Demario Pop Douglas, the rookie receiver, who is by far their best uh, receiver. Um, he's quick as a cat and can do a lot of things. He's sort of like a, a small slot receiver, receiver type. He He's battling a concussion, so maybe he does make it back for this game. I'm not sure that would help things, but – uh, not a whole lot to worry about. I mean, Zappi loves to throw jump balls on the sideline uh to Devontae Parker, especially, Um uh, you know, the running games. OK, but I think that their offensive line has just been horrendous this season and they're mm-hmm. very inconsistent, even with run blocking. And the tackles are coming off Trent Brown and Michael Wenu, who Michael Wenu a week ago had the best offensive line performance that i've graded this year and this week he had one of the worst he was just god awful against the chargers so um you know they're gonna do a lot of quick game stuff probably you're gonna think this is some of the mac canada offense and they'll take a few shot plays but that's about it not not very exciting
0: it's the movable objects versus the stoppable force seems like what's, what's going to be happening in in this game. And it's crazy to say, but like, you know, the Steelers, they faced a few opportunities. The Cardinals were an offensive line. They should have obliterated. And for the first half they did for the most part, they were, they were getting, they were stuffing the run. And then and then once kind of the one Kenny Pickett got hurt and they, they turned the ball over on downs, one drive, the Cardinals got one drive and all of a sudden all of that slipped and you know, I went into those Steelers locker room and I was asking, like, were you guys underprepared? Did you guys get to see looks that you weren't prepared for that they didn't show on film? And they're like, no, we saw everything that we practiced for. We need to execute. that that That's on us. And that's where I think this is going to come down to. Neither of these teams I think are going to be surprised by anything the other side puts out. Both teams are dealing with quarterbacks that they did not intend to be starting at this at this point of the year if everything went well this year, and both teams have been struggling on offense and living off of defense in the moments that they've been been at their best. This game is going to very plainly come down to turnovers, who blinks first in the, in that department, and which defense can create the first big splash moments to give the other to, to give them the leverage to just lean on the other team until they fall over. That being said, Greg, can you give us your prediction for this game? What's the what's the, key, the biggest factor that plays into the result and your final score?
1: Uh, well, I mean, look, I think it's, it, to me, for the Patriots to have a chance in this game, the defense is going to have to turn Trubisky over. Um, I think that the, the, the Steelers can do some things. Um, I, you know, if I were them, I would target J.C. Jackson. At cornerback, he'll probably match up with Pickens. Um, a little bit, JC can be very aggressive. You can get them with double moves. If the Steelers can protect enough, then I should, I think they should be able to do some things there. Uh, they're not great against tight ends either. Um, you know, I, as far as my prediction, I'm definitely going with the under, um, I just think that the Steelers, the Patriots play pretty good run defense. Um, that's probably been the best part of their team this year so so you know they're gonna try to they're gonna try to shut down the run and make Trubisky beat them you know I would I would encourage Trubisky to use his legs which he has done against them in the past I remember one game against the bear uh, when he was quarterback in the bears he almost won the game by himself just running around against the Patriots (laughs) they don't do very well with athletic quarterbacks so if I were the Steelers I would incorporate that into their game plan um a lot but I'm not picking the, the Patriots anymore. I picked them this weekend against the, the Chargers for I don't even know what reason. I obviously <laughs> a lot of So um thirteen nine,
0: you know, Steelers, something, you know, like he that. He said the I- score. <laughs> I'm sorry. A- anybody that knows me knows that 13-9 is a special number. I don't know if you know about the history of 13-9, Greg. Years ago, when West Virginia was destined to be a national champion, the University of Pittsburgh walked in with one of the worst teams they ever had and beat them and ruined their chances with a 13-9 score. So I always just post 13-9 at any team time. So we got a 13-9 prediction from Greg Bedard. Oh, I hope Wes Euler's watching because somewhere he's pounding a table.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I expect Highsmith and Watt to feast. I mean – you know, when it was a good right tackle, um, you know, they pushed him out from guard to right tackle. And normally he's been really good, but I don't know if he was sick this last week. There there has been an illness running through the Patriots. I've never seen him play that bad. If he plays like that again, Watt's going to kill him. Highsmith, Trent Brown looks like he's completely checked out on this season. Uh, it, you know, he's playing about – he's battling injuries, but they put Connor McDermott out there who's freaking horrible. Um, you know, Cole Strange at left guard. Is okay young player, but I expect Hayward to to kick his rear end all game. Like I I just don't know how the Patriots are going to do everything. They'll bust out a few trick plays, um, you know, but they run very simple routes. It's nothing complicated that the you know, Minka and those guys should feast in the secondary. I have a hard time seeing the Patriots doing much of anything on offense. I mean, the Chargers were one of the worst defenses in the league, and they didn't penetrate the 28 of the Chargers the entire game. And yeah, it was weather, but That was brutal. They didn't even get a red zone trip the whole game. That's crazy.
0: Wow. Well, I'm going to roll with your 13-9 prediction. I was going to go with something crazier like 9-5, but I can't turn down a chance to say 13-9 on air here. He's Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. You got anything special to look out for on your website that people people should want to read? Not
1: really. A lot of it's doom and gloom and sort of – you know, I have to go and right now I have to gird up and 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 write my review of the Patriots offense for this game. And so, uh, yeah, we're sort of just playing out the string here and uh, can't wait to get into uh, my second favorite thing. Not really, which is draft quarterback talk.
0: So that should be a fun offseason. Absolutely. He's Greg Bedard. Greg, thanks so much for joining us from the Boston Sports Journal. Get all their work at bostonsportsjournal.com. Get all of our work at Post-Gazette. dash sports uh, for all the Pittsburgh post-gazette work. I'm Chris Carter, of the North shore drive podcast. Stay tuned. We'll have our entire crew at Acrisure stadium Thursday night for covering the game for you, getting all your post-game analysis. And of course, Friday, we'll be back right here on this show with Brian Batco recapping what happened and where the Steelers go next after their game against the Patriots. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North shore drive podcast from the Pittsburgh post-gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.